The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord From there, Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice, but a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephaphatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is our first First Sunday worship service. And I am glad in this homily to take these big readings that could be plumbed for years to come for depth and to extract one little nugget to share with you here this morning. I want to start by telling you a story. My grandma is almost 90 years old. And I was with her one time recently for her birthday. And it got me to thinking about how we celebrate birthdays these days. I bet that for most of you who are in school, a birthday party means that you get to go someplace fun, someplace special. And it might have a theme with maybe some fun party favors that come afterward. And you probably, you probably eat pizza, right? That seems to be the formula for birthday parties. So I said to my grandma, when you were a kid, when you were a kid 80-some years ago, what did people do for birthdays then? And she said, Whitney, I grew up like a weed. She said, every year for my birthday, I got a new dress that my mom made, and we had one, two, three, four cake. You might want to look up, you might want to Google what a one, two, three, four cake is. We had great discussion about what is a one, two, three, four cake. Well, it's what she had every year for her birthday, and her present was a new dress that her mom made. It made me think about how different 
being a kid is these days than just even when my grandma was a kid. And the way that my grandma was a kid was the way it had been for most people for a very, very long time. Because, you know, it wasn't that long ago that kids had to work. As soon as they were old enough, they were put on particular jobs, and some of them quite dangerous. Or if both of their parents died, they might have gone to an orphanage rather than going to family or friends or to a foster home. And sometimes if they got treated badly by adults, nobody really cared much. So remembering that this is how being a kid used to be not too long ago made me think about Jesus when he encounters this woman, this woman who comes begging to him that he'll heal her daughter. You might be surprised because in this gospel lesson, Jesus doesn't sound that friendly. In fact, he says to her something, a saying that people would say at that time. It is not fair to give the children's food to the dogs or let the children be fed first and the dogs can have the crumbs. Jesus, in telling this, is reminding the woman that he came for the Jewish people. Because you see, where they were during that time, the Jewish people were a minority, and they weren't treated very nicely by the people who were in charge. They were kind of like children. They were looked over. They were abused. So Jesus says to this woman, I came first for the children, and that is the people of Jewish descent. But the woman has something that she says back to Jesus. She says, yes, Jesus, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She says something that's true, too. Jesus is faced with a predicament, something he's got to give some thought to. There are two true things here, and he's got to decide which one he's going to respond to. The first true thing is that he came for the Jewish people, first and foremost. The second true thing is that what she says is right. If he gives her even a little bit of what he has to share, it will be enough. It will be enough. And like most grown-ups, Jesus is faced with making a decision between two true things. He has to decide which one he will prioritize. And he decides that he will heal the woman's daughter. And his, her daughter is made well. Now, none of us is Jesus, but each of us is faced with decisions time and time again about what decision to make. And sometimes we are surprised when someone comes to us with a need and we're not sure how to respond. In our other reading that we had beside the gospel, the gospel was read right here in the middle of the aisle because the news comes to God's people here among us. In our other reading that happened from the lectern, we hear some instructions about what we are supposed to do when we encounter other people. In the letter from James, he reminds us that just because people have fancy clothes does not mean that they're important. And we know that is true. Your parents have been telling you that since you were little, and their parents told them that when they were little. But still, it makes it hard sometimes for us to remember that. Sometimes we do look at other people who have fancy rings and clothes and we say, oh, they must be very valuable. And sometimes, as kids and as grown-ups, we say, oh, I need those fancy rings and fancy clothes so that people will know that I am valuable. Every single one of us 
has to figure out what to do. When we are faced with the question, how do we respond to someone in need? Sometimes we make excuses for ourselves when people say, well, we know you're valuable because of what you wear. Sometimes we make excuses by saying, well, look, that's just how the world is. So I'm just going to have to go with it. But other times we catch ourselves and we realize that we can change and that we can learn to value people because of who they are, not because of what they have. And this is what the letter from James wants us to remember. He wants us to change our behavior. He wants us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We are to show the same amount of kindness to everyone so that everyone knows that they are important, regardless of what they wear. He wants us to show kindness to everyone so that everyone knows that they are important, no matter what car they drive. He wants us to show kindness to everyone so that everyone knows that they are important, no matter what grades they get. He wants us to show kindness to everyone so that everyone knows they are important, no matter what things they have achieved. So I invite you to think about your day. Do you show kindness to your family, even though you know many reasons not to? Maybe you don't think you should have to show them kindness because they're annoying. Or maybe you think you don't have to show them kindness because they hurt your feelings. Well, James in his letter says, show kindness to everyone. If you go to school, do you show kindness to the people in your classes, even though they're not your best friend? And maybe you really don't want to be close friends with them. You can still show them kindness. If you go to work, do you show kindness to those you work with? Have you rehearsed your response, your kind response, to the annoying coworker or the needy employee so that you're prepared to show kindness to them? If you manage the home, do you show kindness to your neighbors? Have you considered how your home can be the means of demonstrating kindness to those who come to the door? If you are retired, do you show kindness to the people around you who have different lives than you? Have you considered what kind of kindness you'd like to be known for, since your life may only incidentally intersect with others? Jesus showed us that sometimes we are faced with hard decisions. But Jesus also showed us that our best response is to show mercy. Our best response is to show kindness. So consider how you might show kindness this week. If nothing comes to your head immediately, then ask God to show you a way to show kindness to another person this week. Showing kindness is the best thing that we can do because the love that God has for each of us is the same love that God has for the other person. Thanks be to God. Amen.